0: Jimmy, what a pleasure having you back to the Break Podcast. So thank you for um, coming up uh, to the show.
1: You're very welcome. Lovely to be back.
0: Yeah, and, and a special time, right? It's Christmas time, it's the end of the year, and hence the topic is, is kind of spot on and time-wise. So without further ado, let me ask this question. Should we? we it's about uh, planning 2022, right? And it's all of the things, how we how we get ready for the next year and years to come. But let me start um with asking that that question, Should we actually now heading to the break, have a time to reflect on the past year or the years for that matter?
1: um I would say yes um for a number of reasons uh, Now, let's start in you know the whole situation we've had over the past. 20 months, maybe more than that now, has been a significant period in, a, in our history. Uh, and some people may find it easier than others to take that break, um, depending on the role they have, the business they're involved in, um, where we know that you know, at this particular point of the year, sometimes this is the, the busiest time. But we do link this part of the year to transition to leaving the old, starting the new. Um, and although you know some people may still be significantly busy uh, or challenged at this time of the year, I think it's really, really important to take stock of what's happened over the past year. You can focus on the past year. Um, it's, it's, it's keeping hold of what worked well. It's letting go uh, of maybe things that weren't um, giving you the tools or the or the ammunition to take yourself forward. But it also gives you an opportunity to, to, to be calm. You know, we need time, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. We need that time to recharge, to revitalise. So some people use this time of the year. Some people use summertime. Some people may use other periods of the year. But... The best way to do that this time is, is taking the time to spend with loved ones, you know, taking the time to really um, switch off and try to switch off um, and give your full attention, be present for for the people that you that you've got in your life right now. If 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 you're lucky enough to have um, loved ones around you at this particular time, and the reason we do that is because we can really start to think about you know what the past year has gave us what next year can potentially bring and we can really start to think about what we want. What do we want next year to be like? Some of us may feel in control. Some of us may feel that there's other things that l- might limit their control in certain things. But we can um really map out what next year can look like if if we do things properly.
0: And and, and this is what leading me to because I've I've done that exercise okay. New Year resolution, I, I'm a big failure in that, Jimmy, I have to admit it. Uh, at least not, the last one was good, uh, looking to what I've done, but before that it wasn't as good as 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 could have I could have expected or planned or thought so so what's like in the simple steps? How could we avoid you know being drained in energy and getting disappointed and and feeling that we're running in the vicious cycles that they cannot make it anymore while while we're reflecting in the past years let's say
1: the first step I would take is just commit the time for quiet. Find a space. It could be early morning before anybody's up. It could be a bit of time just to be without any devices, any technology, and just allow yourself to think. And just watch realise what thoughts are coming to you. In that quiet time. what With the people that I support and work with um, we start down by really thinking about what you really want and this is parking all limiting thoughts at one side, thinking about all oh, the struggles or the barriers, just, just what do you want and, and really start there. And the reason we start there because a lot of people just delve right into setting goals. Like, this is a new year's resolution, you know, why is it that most people will not stick to them. Why do most people, in their eyes, fail? Because they set goals before they do. A critical part of setting goals is is deciding where you want to go, reflecting on where you currently are, where do you want to go, and then you can start to to build the the building blocks of of how to get there. Most people um, give up on their, their New Year's resolution because they get bored. The goals don't excite them. Or they haven't got a clear vision of where they want to go, and I think you know without that vision of where you want to go and the purpose behind that, then it can be boring. Or use words such as demotivated, or um, not find that you know January is great, February. It's okay. We get to march and we're we're back to square one again because we're not dealing with you know habits that we've got. So I would say, what do you want to get start there? Really, what do you want? Make a, a decision. You're going to do that, um, and have a have that belief that that you can get there.
0: And and then you talked in about goals, Jamie. So what's the best way? So you talked about this gradual, incremental things. So you're planning through the year. You have a building of blocks. You have a you know do you have a reflection. Refl- I call um not too gate, but like reflective moment to how you're progressing with that. But before we go to the years, like and then now in December, what's actually the best way to set goals? Is there a way to do that?
1: Yes. Um first and foremost, uh no, I like to use the word purpose. You know, um we have been blessed with This life that we've got, um, at times there's challenges, there's significant challenges. now people uh, with business, uh, with loved ones, um, there's been a a lot of loss. But what we can start with is is what your purpose is. Find your purpose. Um, A lot of people spend their entire life searching for that purpose. But your purpose is essentially what you love to do. And finding your purpose is something that can be absolutely liberating from purpose um, you then you start to build that vision so before you even go near goals you can use a vision board you can think about you know what you want in your personal life professional life is it related to financial goals is it a certain level of income is it relationships is it fitness is it health um, whatever those part of your life is that you want, then you need to start adding detail. It's almost like a picture. You know, you get that vision to be such such a strong picture that when you describe that to somebody else they can almost start to visualize it or start to form a picture in their own mind. So that's that much detail. And essentially your goals are a bite sized chunk out of that vision. So your vision may be that it could be five, three, one year vision. But your goals become a bite-sized chunk. <clears throat> it's almost, a, I make the analogy that if you were to climb Mount Everest, you know, the vision would be, you want to get to the top. You want to look across from the pinnacle of that and see just the, the beauty that, that, that no one else gets to see due to uh, the advancements you take to the top. But in order to get to the top of Mount Everest, if they've ever researched into that, I looked at um, a documentary, there, there's base camps on the way up. Now you can't think about base camp 2 before you've thought about base camp 1, so really thinking about how do we get there and these base camp goals that we set ourselves just give us an indication that we're on track. Now the goal of getting to the top of Mount Everest, you you might come off course, there may be adverse weather, there could be a stumbling block or a barrier in your way, you may need to take a detour. The thing with goal setting is that the goal shouldn't change. The time scale might change. The pathway how to get there might change. But your vision has got to be something you get that emotionally involved in that excites you every day. It takes you through the times that's tough. It takes you through the, the challenge. It takes you through you know, when there's curveballs being thrown at you every single day, week, month, as it is just now. I know uh, within some businesses, the economy, and what's happening with um, restrictions um, due to COVID, it might have a significant impact on how a service or a business delivers What they do to to the service users. But having that vision on the forefront of your mind, you know, just keeping it there continually, having that belief and that faith that you can get there can can really help you continue to construct goals, to adapt goals, to reflect on goals, Um, whether it be short term, medium term, long term. um, It's just something that each day that you can start to really paint a picture um, in the mind of where you want to go. So, there's a process behind that. It's not just a case of setting goals. You know, a, that's why you need to take time um, to do that. And, and the reason we say that is because you know, 90 plus percent of the world's population don't have goals. That's what the research tells us. And from those people who have goals, only a very, very small percentage of them have them written down. You know, in a recent Harvard review, um, they said that people who have goals are 10 times more likely to succeed. And out of those, those people, you know, if you've got them written down, you're three times more likely to succeed as well. So there's, there's a science behind. There's a psychology behind writing goals, and you're making a commitment to those, and uh, the ideas, the resources, and the people that, that you need to achieve these goals are already here. It just helps you build up your level of conscious awareness to find out how to get there. If you continue to keep that vision on the forefront and the screen of your mind.
0: There are some people who took it to the next level when they communicated their goals. They they made a short video about their goals, or they told few people around them like a circle of, of a club or what have you like professional professional groups that say this is my goal for next 2022 is this is the right way to do it or for, for some i've heard this is create some a pressure like on an, an, on and disappointment if you don't hit them what's the right way is what what is your thoughts here
1: and that's what i love about goals because I've been working with a number of organisations lately, over the past 12 to 18 months, specifically talking about goals. And that whole thing you said there, if you don't achieve your goals, you feel like a failure. Um, But, yeah, so, it really is thinking about, for example, do you write your goals down? Yeah, I do. Okay. If you then publicly declare that, this is what I'm looking to do, you are announcing it, um, and you declare that to other people, what you're doing is you're setting up a form of accountability. And accountability is your insurance against failure. So whether it be an individual, it could be a group, it could be that somebody follows you uh, on a particular page uh, or a podcast, and you can share your journey because that means that by sharing your goals, you are being vulnerable. Because you're not guaranteed what we believe that success. And this is where I like to be very, very clear about the difference of success and achieving goals. If I was to ask you, what's the purpose of a goal? What would you say?
0: This is achieving a target or mark on a stage and on a bigger vision. And that's what comes to my mind.
1: So that's a good approach to have. Most people I know that I've spoke to don't set goals because if they don't achieve them, they feel like failure. So they say, what's the point? Do we need goals? And for me, the purpose of a goal is to grow. It's not to get. The getting is the byproduct. A very famous individual, Earl Nightingale, um, who was one of the, the first self-help um, authors way back in the 1950s and 60s, his definition of success was the successive progressive realisation of a worthy ideal so moving towards something, he would define a success because each day we are winning the day we are taking small incremental steps but we don't celebrate those steps we don't celebrate or promote or publicly announced we've of it until we've got something tangible, something we believe that we would get the plaudits for. We're, built, we're winning battles every single day. We're winning dealing with self doubt, limiting beliefs, you know, navigating through sometimes imposter syndrome, or sometimes continuing to move forward when we've got so much stuff thrown at us, we're getting knocked down so many times that we pick ourselves back again, we're bouncing back from all these little challenges. But we don't celebrate these these wins you no, know, because we don't believe that other people would find them that important. They're important to us. So th- the whole thing about publicly declaring goals is that you can share your journey. I do it all the time. I can, I'll make myself accountable to do a 30-day challenge. I may not complete the 30-day challenge but say, look, I'm just like everybody else. I'm being accountable here to say, actually, I've not followed through with my commitment. That's what happens. but. It means that every day is a, fresh, is a fresh day. Every day is a brand new day. Um, some people come off track and never go back on again. So publicly declaring that habit, absolutely encourage, whether that's the one person or 1000 people.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And and I, and I do that. And, and I remember some of my friends, like, it was like, but the, actually they told me that you made yourself vulnerable because in the eyes of the others, if you don't have these goals, you're not you're not what you think of yourself. I said, well, did, I don't declare my goals to improve my image in the eyes of the others. I declare my goals because I create accountability in front of myself, and this is for me, create commitment, a stronger commitment, stronger commitments, like a, like a propeller, and and totally to, You know, I could not, I, I haven't heard anyone put it in the way that you say it. For me, goals is like it's not that they're per se that they, they do objective. For the, like for the goal itself, but it's kind of nor- the, my north star. This is this is kind of directional goals.
1: It does, and it inspires others to consider setting goals. Um, I've I've been to some, and it's been really surprising. Some leaders in some organisation are really really scared about setting goals, and that's not just professionally; that, that's personally. As well, there's one organisation who recently launched their, their five-year strategy moving forward, so I went to get them to consider how they contribute towards that vision, you know, the goals they might set professionally, so they're part of the, the bigger picture, but also personally, that what goals can you set that link to both physical, mental and emotional well-being from a personal level that has a, a direct impact or on your role within an organisation, whether it be a leader or whether it be uh, part of the team. And it was amazing, just you know, people's relationship to goals, um, people's relationship to to not achieving goals, and that's the biggest, the biggest part of goal setting that people don't set them because they don't want to not fulfil or succeed goals, or they set goals that are far too attainable or achievable, and it's just a, it's a good feeling, but the growth is limited because. We've all got more, we've all got more um, potential, we've got uh, more more to give to certain things. But if we set the bar, we believe if we set the bar too high, don't reach that, then what will people think about us? What will be the consequences? So we, des- we decided to, to play it safe and a lot lower rather than stretching. Um, and you know when we stretch, we're not guaranteed success, but that's where the growth really starts to take place.
0: Do you think, just Kriyal's question, Jamie, do you think there's an influence between businesses declaring their, you know, when they do their their shareholder meetings and say, okay, we'll target next year is this, this and that. And usually it's monetary, is, is, is you know, savings. It's hard dollar linked. But is it, do you think there's a connections whereas businesses sometimes become conservative, especially when they expect headwinds and the same mindsets that we actually, human who made that decision in the business, we do exactly the same in our private life. Simply saying, it's COVID, I need to lower down my expectation, maybe not putting the goals at all in those years because it will be hard to work them out around. Is it the same?
1: It depends on the individuals and it depends on the organization. And the reason I say that is if, an organisation, in whoever a stakeholder's eyes, the public eyes, has a track record of success, then a five to ten percent growth is you know, something that's attainable, it's achievable, um, and you know they can celebrate the fact that they've, they've, they've hit targets. When every organisation and individual has got room to go more, there's more, there's more in the tank. But what would that mean? You know. Is it rational to think about a 50% growth or a 100% growth, 200% growth? What would that look like in terms of key performance indicators? What would it look like end of year report? What would that mean to all the figures that we never succeeded this year? But if you just reach 5%, 10%, let's say, for example, you want to be 200%. You might not get to 200%, but you might get further up that ladder. Maybe... 50, 75, 150%. So it's really looking at the process behind setting targets, setting goals. Um, and I think that's where, from a corporate perspective, what is the corporation's relationship to failure? What does failure mean to them? Does failure mean. that say we're going to stretch ourselves, and if we don't achieve the targets, that's okay. Because success is moving forward. Success is growth. Um, it depends on the culture. It depends on is there an open look, sorry, an open loop culture that you reflect. You have open, honest, transparent, professional dialogue about continuous improvement, or is it closed that we just get the job done? Don't ask any questions, and fulfil your role. Um, where there's more risk around making mistakes, there's more consequences um, of you not fulfilling what you're meant to do. So it's dependent on the culture, it's dependent on the mindset, it depends on the leadership, um, and it depends on how you define success.
0: right. So we have the goals sort of that, we have our visions, we build the roadmaps, what we think is best to do for the coming year or years how the do you first recommend i know that you recommend having checkpoints but what's the best way to do it and, and i know you talked about and i like what you said it's like you have an open loop um, methodology where it's basically reflect you say the building blocks for q1 for example 2022 that's the results versus what we estimated and you have re- reflect the time etc but is there's a way like a specific way to do it at the individual levels to reflect on what we have achieved versus what we planned
1: absolutely there's there's two ways that that i that I recommend um that people think about or organizations think about, and it starts with i would start with a five year vision where do you want to be in five years now that vision doesn't need to be absolutely complete. you know there's room for maneuver adaptability um you know moving with you know whatever whatever comes up in the future, but you've got a clear sense of this is where we would like to be in five years. And you take a bit of time of what that picture looks like. And then we introduce that golden thread. You tie that golden thread to the top to that five year vision and then we start to work back. So if that's the five year vision. What would three years look like? Now, what would give us an indication that we're on course? So that's you know, probably just as challenging as the five year because it's, it's further down the line and sometimes it's safe, um, but maybe struggle to think about where do we want to go? But then we start to get really into the into the main part of it. Where would you want to be in 12 months' time? Now, when I reflect back over the past 12 months, it has been so quick. Yet I can reflect back on where it was 12 months' time ago, and I'll be honest, you know, the growth that personally I've taken place in the past 12 months has been incredible because I've making commitments personally, professionally, um, really committing resources towards that growth. So I've I've got an indication of where I want it to be within 12 months. And then what I can start to do is start to work back from that. You know, I then chunk that into 90 day plans. So each year um I I've done a podcast before um with some young people, young athletes as well, and it's titled How do you slice your pizza? Some people like to slice their pizza into eight pieces. Some people like quarters some people like six pieces some people do it in two pieces or some people like to eat the whole pizza um, and the reason I, the analogy behind that would be was that how do you chunk out your year you know is it in 90 day quarters is it two halves is it um i've got to reflect in this year in particular that there probably is you no know, three thirds of the year and um, we've got January to to around about April time we're thinking something happens there there's a real push and drive to to change things for the year and then between April and the end of August there seems to be a bit of a lull you know um, there could be school holidays and in in some particular parts of the world summertime is there or winter time so things start to change and you have a lot of break there's, there's more inconsistencies um, to, to stay on track with routines and with habits. And then something starts to happen again around about September time. I think, oh, we've eight months of the year done, and people start to get another surge of energy again to, to finish the year strong. Um, so some people start to really push um, in terms of the last four, three or four months of the year. And I find it really interesting, some people get to December and say, ah, I think we can probably leave that till after Christmas. Uh, we can leave that to the new year. So essentially, some people do that November time. You're, you're operating within a 10, 11 month year. But the point I'm making is, if, if it's a 90 day plan, what do you want to achieve within that 90 days? What's the, what are the events? You know, Month one, month two, month three. And then you can start looking at from, from a monthly plan. So what do you want to achieve? By the end of this month, what do you want to achieve? And what are the key goal orientated actions towards that? And then you take the 30 days and you think, I do it every Sunday evening, what do I want to achieve by the end of this week that's linked to my my 30 day plan, it's linked to my 90 day plan, it's linked to my 12 month plan that's linked to that 3 and 5 year vision. And then I decide on what I want to achieve for that week and then each morning I create a power list and that's to win the day. What is the daily goal oriented actions that I'm about to commit to today that's taking me one step forward? And that's when each day I can reflect that I know that I'm working towards my goals because I'm doing something, I'm usually doing something that scares me, whether it's speaking to a new audience or it's saying yes to a situation or an opportunity that I've probably not got that much of an idea how to get there, but I'll say yes and work how to do it later on. So I'm developing habits of really pushing myself forward um, and that's not for everybody, but I like to have that methodology from the five year right with down to that daily plan that's one method another method that um I work on in sport in particular, they like to focus on three particular types of goals: the outcome goal what is it you want to achieve so from a sports perspective, it might be that there's an athlete who wants to be to, to achieve national representation. And in order to get to your outcome goal you need to be performing at a particular level so there's performance goals what are the metrics that you need to be achieving consistently in order for you to get that optimum performance because without that optimum performance there's no way you're going to achieve your outcome but then what you can do from the performance goal and in order for you to achieve that consistent performance optimally every single day or week or month then underneath that is the most important goals which are the process goals these are the pillars. Every single day or week or month that you are applying or practicing or training that allow you to perform. So from a a sporting perspective or from a business perspective, there will be technical competencies that you need to be good at. Skills, decision making, etc. There's the tactical part where you're really thinking about the tactics or the strategies you're going to use. There is the physical competencies. So... What do you need to have in order to be the best performer? And then you've got the mental strategies. That's where mindset comes into play. That's where, where mindfulness comes into play. Coping mechanisms, being calm, understanding how your body responds to being in a calm state versus them being in a high, highly stressed state. Point of thing here is that you can then start to look at performance. And instead of, if you don't achieve that level of performance and you don't achieve your outcome, Instead of saying, I'm crap, and give everything up, you can laser in on each of the pillars to start to analyse exactly where did you slip up. So it might be that three out of the four pillars, you're on point. So there's one pillar in you need to focus on. So almost like a whole part, whole methodology. Um, it's one of the coaching pedagogies um, within sport, they can take a part of that, work on that, and when you put the whole picture back together again, has there been an improvement? And that way, you can really start to have a, a reflection on a more regular basis, and you might need to reset goals, you might need to detour, you might need to be adaptable um, and innovate in order to, to get there. But that again gives you a sense of it's not that you're not any good or competent to achieve your outcome goal, it just means there's something within that performance that's limited you get in there, which means there's something within the process you're doing each day, each week, each month that needs to be refined. And then once you start to develop and acquire these new skills or competencies, then you can watch yourself to move forward towards that. But that's that's what that desired outcome of where you want to go. I think that we should all be more selfish when setting goals. And what do I mean by that? In order for you to be the best version of yourself, you need to focus inward. And by you becoming the best version of yourself, the impact of that is everybody in your circle will benefit from that. If you're only operating at 50 to 60%, then what service, guidance, support, nurturing are you providing to loved ones, to colleagues, to communities? It's going to be less impactful than you being the best you can be. So this is where, you know, it's tough. It's tough to look inwards. And we are, you know, how many of us give advice to others that we don't give ourselves? And I often ask people, you know, would you speak to other people the way you speak to yourself? Because that gives you an indication of your self-image.
0: Um okay, so Jimmy, what's your plan for twenty twenty two? And we talked early on communicating that out loud. So I'm sure that you'd be happy doing that.
1: <laughs> My plan uh for next year is to is to grow um the amount of people that I'm serving um across the world. Uh so you know the past twelve months has been incredible that you know for a number of people from different corners of the globe the uk new zealand czech republic um, the us canada etc and my my aim and my purpose is to is to offer that support to to others so um, i've recently um added a number of people to to the team who are going to help me with that um which is really exciting um a number of people who have who are bringing specialized knowledge um specialized knowledge to to the business um that's going to allow me to to do what i love to do um so the plan is to to really continue with that growth um and to serve uh, and, and going back to my purpose my purpose is to help people to to fulfill and at the potential they've all got very right deep inside that whether it's from an individual perspective or from an organizational perspective um i've got a clear vision of where where, where i want to take that where i want to the team to be uh, in the next twelve months, uh, and uh, and it's already started, so it's very exciting.
0: That's really exciting. Um, so, I, the last one it's not the last one is actually, but can you tell a little bit our audience as well, like what you do, Jamie, maybe, and where they can find you and all of that. Of course, I will add all of the links after afterwards. But can you give a bit of briefing on how you could help people, basically?
1: Absolutely. So um, I I I um, lead um, and facilitate a transformational coaching program, um, helping people um, to understand that we've got f- so much more potential that is um, you know hidden away by a lot of different viruses, viruses such as self doubt, worries, fears, limiting beliefs, feeling inferior, imposter syndrome. Um, relationship to, to money, relationship to failure, relationship to success uh, and what I teach is is material that allows people to really understand the goal setting process, understand what goals we want to set, understand that we are conditioned to think and act and behave in a particular way that gives us the results and your results are essentially your conditions, your circumstances, the environment uh, that you're that you have around you each day. So I work with people to help change habits, um, to, to think about changing what conditioning. I do a lot of work on people's self-image, the image they portray to the world, but the image they've got in the inside. Um, your, your self-image is your autopilot. You cannot outperform your self-image, and then we start to touch on other areas such as overcoming fear, you know, smashing that terror barrier down, understanding the beliefs we have got at a conscious and a subconscious level and how that impact on your behaviour. we We'll look at leadership, um, starting with self-leadership, really looking at your, your self-awareness, self-regulation, self-belief, self-motivation. And then we look at other things such as your attitude. What is attitude um, and how can you change your attitude to life? And then we look at, you know, in terms of serving. You know, um, you know when we serve and we give first before we receive, then you can really tap into the to, to laws that are governing us every single day. And then we touch on masterminding as well—the the power and the principles behind masterminding that take us to a whole new new level. Now, I support people for twelve months. I uh, saw so people say, "Oh, that's a long time." It's not a long time trying to counteract you know, a lot of the thinking behaviors and habits that are not conducive to us getting the results that we truly want in our life. Um, and that's why I've got some wonderful results with the people that I've got come through the program, uh, which just makes what I do just the most rewarding and fulfilling um, role uh, that I've ever had, and I love it.
0: Jimmy, A um, new segment actually <laughs> to the to the podcast, it's called Quick Quiz, so I'll mention a few things, and you will tell me either they are overrated, properly rated, or overrated. So let me start by the first, and you could comment of course, if you you wish to. Um, Coaching and mentorship programme in business.
1: Absolutely underrated. Uh, And the reason I say that is, in terms of coaching and mentorship, you will, take sport for example, it's a given that in sport you need a coach in order for you to improve your performances, to to give you the best opportunity to to succeed or whatever that may be. But when it comes to life or business, um, not every part of the world, but some parts of the world, it's, I don't need a coach. There's nothing unmarked with me. There's nothing wrong with me. We're in order for you to get to the next level. We need coaches. We need that accountability. We need expertise. We need specialised knowledge. We need somebody to help us Here's the thing: other people recognise our potential more than we recognise it ourselves. Yeah. So, if you're willing to be open, to be coachable, and to be vulnerable, then you can allow other people to guide us um, to to that next level. So, absolutely underrated for me.
0: We... I don't know. He held. I don't remember somebody told me that. I guess it's like it's good that you have a reflective time, but you all the time need somebody to hold a mirror for you. Something like this. Absolutely. All right, um, taking a break
1: underrated. Um, people feel like they're cheating sometimes when they take the foot off the gas. Um, now I'm gonna view this from from a from a physiological, biological, psychological perspective, that your body needs it. Not everybody, but there is a link. Sci- science science has given us more data Looking at the impact of chronic stress and at a cellular level being in chronic stress means that your immune system is continually switched on and that's why we need to take time every day five minutes ten minutes to do something that calms us down because your body responds to that your body responds in a way that essentially from a cellular level you slow down the aging process. The more stressed you are, you speeding up the aging process. It's a, part, it's a natural part of life. But you can be in direct control of that. First and foremost, starting with your thinking. If you can improve your thinking, you can improve the way you feel. And the way you feel makes your body behave in a particular way. Um, so 100% underrated. Everybody should do that. And again, in some parts of our society, it's, it's not the done thing. You don't do that. It's a bit cheesy, but it can have significant impact on your health.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. The following one is, is not really professional, really. So, James Bond, the movie. Which one? <laughs> the last. <laughs>
1: oh, underrated. It was absolutely magnificent I'm a James Bond okay. fan you. I'm a bit biased towards that but uh, yeah um, I'm still in shock just say that <laughs> I'm still in shock I don't want to give the if you not seen it I don't want to give the way um, the plot but yeah solid still in shock
0: I haven't watched it yet actually so it's one of my one of my plans actually during the break so I'll I'll, I'll make sure I do that <laughs> um, the last one is actually a plate. Food related is
1: Haggis. Um now it depends whether you know what Haggis is. But for me, Haggis is underrated. as um, it's a Scottish cuisine. Um, some people think that Haggis runs about on the hills of Scotland, you have to catch it, but uh, actually isn't the ingredients are a uh, um a little bit more simpler than that. Um what's um different parts of um, animals but then there's, there's a bit of blood in there as well so if you're aware of what black pudding is, um, it's very safe to the spices and, and bits and pieces in there but I have it every single new year we have it in our house. Um, and, and there's, there's a whisky in
0: it right? No, no? Uh, well it depends okay. on what flavour you get, tra-
1: okay. traditional haggis um, doesn't have any whisky in it um, okay. but um, depending on what flavour you get the, I, it, the because I tried it
0: once. I tried it only once. And I think <laughs> I remember they, they told me there's a whiskey in it if I'm not wrong.
1: You could have a whiskey to accompany it.
0: Yeah, yeah. In,
1: in New Year to see in uh, the New Year's in Hogmanay, we had a Scottish decision to, to celebrate Hogmanay. Um, and actually I found out the, the other day I live in Dundee in Scotland and we do something called First meeting. So at midnight, um, the tradition is to would. would knock on your neighbour's door and wish them a happy new year and you would first food them. Now sometimes a first food might be shortbread or a calendar for the new year. I think there was a tradition in Dundee that it was dressed herring, a particular type of fish um, that you would pass across to your neighbour. I don't know where that came from but that was a bit of knowledge that I just gained last week.
0: Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) All right, Jamie, thanks a lot of being with me today. And and happy holidays, happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and I wish to see you in 2022.
1: Thank you very much, and hopefully we do see you in 2022. I'll have a lovely Christmas and and a prosperous weekend. You too, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Jamie.